Storygram Network. Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. If you would like It's Not About Food podcast a week earlier and ad-free, please support me on patreon.com forward slash It's Not About Food. For more information about my books, my work, and my body love cards, you can go to my website at itsnotaboutfood.com. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? Everything else. Because it's never ever about food, or weight, never ever, not even, one time, not ever, ever, ever. Hello everyone, this is Lori Lee Rourke from It's Not About Food podcast. Thank you so much for coming. Today we're talking about the Body Love Card of Body Wisdom. It's one of my favorite cards, especially how the front is. The goddess is standing on the earth and she's got roots going deep into the earth. So she's very grounded and a tree is growing right behind her. So way up to the sky. So she's in both worlds, the sky world and the earth world. And just, it's a very solid card, I think. And her little deer animal is just there with her sort of being in that image, that space. And the card reads on the back, body wisdom is the inherent wisdom we each hold within our own bodies that tells us what we need physically, emotionally, and spiritually. When we listen to the wisdom of our own bodies, we intuitively know how to feed ourselves, satisfy our needs, and accept our natural bodies. So for me, this is sort of like the whole recovery right here from a eating disorder and a body disturbance is to really believe in the wisdom of our bodies, no matter what, no matter how big or how small or how young or how old or how okay or not okay or whatever it is that's going on with this, to really believe in that body wisdom that our bodies will tell us what it needs. If we just listen, I felt like a lot of my life, I was like a lollipop. I had a stick body or I didn't care about my body that much. It was all about my head. So whatever my head said to do, that's what I forced my body to do. I didn't listen to it. I didn't like it very much. I didn't think it had any wisdom. I felt like it was against me. (laughs) You know, I didn't want to have any needs. And I certainly didn't want it to be natural. That was crazy talk. So when I came to this in my own recovery, it was a sea change. It took a lot to get there. And it wasn't an easy task to believe in the wisdom of my body. I believed in the wisdom of other people's bodies. They were okay, whatever. Or my son, when he was little, he said, I'm hungry. He got to eat. I'm not hungry anymore. He didn't have to eat anymore. He didn't want this food, whatever it was. That was okay. So whatever it was, 
I was okay with it because I saw how much of a not crazy person around food. And he was little, so weight made for him. He was in a good place, according to his doctor, so I didn't worry about it. But I was a whole other thing because I always thought I should be different. I should be thinner. And then at some point, like maybe the 80s, I should be buffer. And then, <laughs> and then I, maybe I needed a little work done later than that. There was always this kind of striving for something else. And I didn't know that I could trust my body. I want to introduce my next guest. Her name is Kate. And I just feel like she is embodying exactly what I was talking about that I needed to move into. And so, yay, she's there and she's teaching other people to be there. So I'm excited about introducing Kate and she can tell us what she does and how she works with body wisdom and how she leads her clients to that wonderful idea. Well, hello, Laura Lee and everyone. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about this card. I feel like we could talk about it forever. And I'm so grateful for you starting this conversation. I first found you when I saw the wonderful work that you were doing with the youth and trying to instill body wisdom and positivity and acceptance at a young age. So I'm really grateful for all that you do and happy to be along for the journey. Thank you. I mean, that's the reason why we started Beyond Hunger in 1988. But both Carol, the other founder of Beyond Hunger, and I started our own eating disorders when we were in junior high, what they called junior high then. So around eighth or ninth grade. And at some point we said, you know, we can work all day long on adults, but we need to start going into these schools and start talking about this issue before it becomes a big problem. So really we should go into kindergarten. (laughs) Yeah, sure. I, I hear that. I have a first grade daughter now, and it's funny, she actually signed me up to speak at her career day last year when she was in kindergarten. Oh, um, I mean, to me, I'm, I'm not a big fan of public speaking, but she was so excited to have me come to her class. And I was like, all right, we're going to take this opportunity to talk about something that these kiddos probably don't get a lot of knowledge about. And yeah. that spiraled into, you know, starting to talk to more schools and different grade levels and everything. So it was a happy blessing in disguise. <laughs> it is. And it worked the same is that we went into one school, we were invited into a school and that led to another, led to another. And then we started saying, well, as adults, you know, blah, blah, blah. We're just another grown up standing there talking to them. What if we got people their own age or closer to their age to do this? And that was the key that turned everything around. So you have your first peer educator and your daughter. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. I didn't think about that. I have two young girls and they're both very body positive and very, you know, body wisdom. As you mentioned before, it's amazing to watch kids just develop that. And I hope that it doesn't change, but I know there's a lot of external factors that can influence one and I'm still being influenced to this day, but I hope that I can help them navigate it. It's a big problem. And I've had clients who came to me saying, I don't know what's wrong with my daughter. We have never said anything about her body. We've always accepted everything. We accept our own. We're all about it. We're like earth people. And, you know, and we named her Athena, for God's sakes. We just never have talked about thinness or buffiness or anything like that. 
And we don't know how she got this eating disorder. And it was like, does she go outside? <laughs> does she right, go right. anywhere in public? Talk to anyone? Yeah. Right. Do you have a TV? Do you ever see a movie or a video? I mean, and we didn't even see at that time this social media coming. So it's even a thousand million times worse. Gosh, I can't even imagine navigating that as a young person. It's a real challenge. It is. And especially while they were off for a year or however long it was, here it was about, I guess it was most of a school year, really. And God, you know, they just were on the computer all the time watching one video after another, one crazy thing after another. It was a lot of work to get everybody back on track after that. Yeah, I saw a huge spike in in body challenges post-pandemic, post that year. It's been tough, but... There's more uh, depression, there's more suicides, there's more anxiety, there's more eating disorders or more drug addiction or alcoholism for our youth since then. So it really did affect them. I think of them of younger people as the canaries in the coal mine. So they were really acting out what we all felt and tried to keep a lid on. (laughs) Sure, sure. Yeah. I know. I was grateful my kids were the ages that they were. Any older middle school teenage, it's just not a way that they were meant to function. But they have strong hearts and minds, that young generation. I'm hoping they come out on top. Yeah. And your kids have you. And then your kids' friends have you. And you're a voice in the wilderness of all of that. So that's so great. So tell me how you work with this body wisdom for your clients and for what you're doing in your life. Sure. So I work as a outpatient registered dietitian. I'm a certified eating disorder registered dietitian based in New Jersey. The practice that I work at that's owned by two wonderful, one dietitian, one therapist is called the Begin Within Center. Great. And it's a group practice. So we have dietitians and therapists and we see clients in our office and virtually and have some groups and other fun things going on. I always tell people I'm very grateful to be able to work in a group setting. I know that's not necessarily super common, but just to have the support and wisdom of all my colleagues. It's so true. And that's exactly how Beyond Hunger got to be. You know, it was just me and Carol at first. And thank goodness we had each other and we bounced off each other. But then we started to put more therapists in the practice and more nutritionists and dietitians and doctors, you know, and we started having more people come in. So there was a variety of help for people who were really struggling with food and weight. That's wonderful. And I think the more people that a client can have on their team, professionals and or family, friends, et cetera, the stronger the outcome is when there's that opportunity. Because eating disorders are so isolating and so shameful that if a whole bunch of people who know what you're going through are around you, It's that group dynamics that you get into. I just felt like people felt much more supported to go through this difficult journey. They weren't by themselves in their little room all by themselves thinking how to do it. When I have a client first come in, I just, I could bring tears to my eyes because they're so vulnerable to talk about all this quote shame and what they're experiencing. And, And if they only knew how many people have those same feelings, I just really admire them doing that. It's so true. I mean, I know for me, when I first started to talk about it, I felt like I was peeling my skin off. 
And I was very blessed to be able to witness a lot of people's recovery. And having a group therapy session with like-minded people in a circle with a couple of really solid facilitators was just all the difference in the world. They were all of a sudden we're not alone. For sure. Especially the young folk who haven't maybe been exposed to it or they're not having those deep conversations and connections at a young age, unfortunately, about what's going on. It's hard for them to necessarily see outside of the high school, the classroom, and there is a lot of body focus in that world. I admire them for speaking up and it's hard to get them to a place where they can accept differences. It's a challenge. So how do you work with somebody, say, that comes to your office who has been on a diet since she was little? And then when that turns into, a lot of the time, into an eating disorder, and now there's sort of like, don't know what to do. I remember sitting with somebody who said, if I don't eat, then I'm anorexic. If I do eat, then I'm an overeater. I don't know the middle part at all. Right. The very black and white thinking, especially in the younger kids. I hear you. I always think that when a a young person comes in, people who have eating disorders, I know you would agree with this, are some of the smartest, kindest, most open. I love the people that I work with. And so being that they are so intelligent and typically the reason that this happened to them is because they were trying something new or wanted to better themselves or again, all those external circumstances. And so I do provide a ton of education. I always tell my clients, you know, I don't want to just tell you what to do and check the box and good luck. See you next week. I really want to empower them to know what's going on in their body, why we're recommending certain things, what this nutrient does, what that vitamin does. I do feel like the more they can understand why I'm saying the things that I'm saying, the more inclined they are to get on board or try to work with some of my suggestions as opposed to just telling them what to do. Yeah, I really agree with you. I mean, we called our groups educational supportive groups because it was a lot of education here in this country and maybe all countries, but I just know this one. We've gotten such crazy information for so long. Eat this, don't eat that. Eat another thing. Oh my God, don't eat that. That's a terrible thing. And then 20 years later, that's the only thing you should eat, you know, and it's... It's exhausting. (laughs) I tell my clients, I'm supposed to be the professional and I still get caught up in where did this come from and what is this new research saying and is this actually even research? So we try to... true, yeah going through it together. I say, send me what you're reading, bring it in. If I don't know, we'll figure it out because you're right. There's just so much information changing all the time. And if you don't go back to the original studies and see that, oh, this study was done by a diet industry person, (laughs) you know, this person was on the board of a diet. So it's very skewed. And so it's not really, it might be true for like a portion of the people, but we can't just say everybody needs to do this. Right. The headlines are so, you know, eye-catching. You have to really sift through it to see what makes the most sense. So a lot of education, helping them start where they are, figuring out what's going to make the most sense in regards to their schedules and their needs and their families and their cultures when it comes to, you know, purely the food. Obviously, there's so much more than that, but that's how we get started when it comes to a food perspective. And then I know you have therapists that you work with as well, but how do you work with the emotional part, I can imagine what you're going to say, but I just want you to tell our listeners, I've had clients who come in and 
they know what to eat. They're not stupid. They know exactly what to eat, but they have decided or they are positive that if they eat that, they'll get fat. And that's like the worst thing that could happen. And I, a lot of times will go back to the nutritionist or the dietitian or whoever and sort of, how do I work with this person? Because food to her is the enemy. It's the enemy. And any kind of food is the enemy. Well, I'm thankful every day for the therapist that my clients work with, whether it's in our practice or outside of it. You know, I do really value and rely on the team aspect When it comes to a client's body image, quote unquote, body acceptance, I love the ACT therapy type of approach when a client's goal is to try to align with their values. So I don't even really talk to my clients about working on body positivity or even loving your body. I don't know if every client is there. Well, that would be wonderful. It's more about just not letting your body get in the way of what really matters in your life. You know, what is so important to you? What do you want to do on a daily basis, even if it's just walking on and off the beach or in your future life goals? How is food, how is your body a vehicle to allow you to live a life that you are just beyond passionate about? If you would like to have a weekly newsletter that has some information about recovery or what people are doing in the world or what I'm doing in the world, And just information about how to recover and what to do and how do we have faith and trust and love and openness to our own selves. You can go to my website at itsnotaboutfood.com. Storygram Network. Welcome to One Media, One Media. When you're whining with nurses. It's a place I like to call The Bleed. My name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. Storygram Network. I joined Beyond Hunger about three years ago after my own eating disorder recovery. I've been with the Peer Ed program for over a year. I have been a peer educator for a few weeks now. Beyond Hunger is an amazing organization in which high schoolers like me get to go to schools across the Bay Area and educate teens and students on mental health, body image, intuitive eating. I joined because it really helps people. I joined the program because I believe that the information we provide people my age is very important. Beyond Hunger has allowed me to connect with the youth in my community and reaffirm to myself what I know is true. It has given me an opportunity to educate others and inform others around my age. Um, And I just think it's a really wonderful program. Because I want to teach other teens what I never learned. Appreciating your body through its ups and downs, navigating diet culture, and learning about intuitive emotions and hunger. And I felt that it was super important to continue to make change in the community. My name is Laura Lee Rourke, and I am one of the founders of Beyond Hunger. My business partner, Carol Normandy, and I founded it in 1988. But for the last 25 years, we've been going into schools and talking about the issue of eating disorders and body hatred. We um, train young women to go in with us, peer to peer, student to student, and it is a wonderful program. Please give generously. Thank you. So great. And then how do you get down to the nuts and bolts of, and you have to eat? (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, yes. We all know I love that. <laughs> right. And I love that the printout where how many calories do your lungs need? How many calories does your heart, how many calories does your brain need? I think not that I even really talk about calories and numbers in terms of intake, but just showing up. This is like what your body does when you're just laying in your bed. Oh. Never mind all the other things that you're doing in a day with activities and friendships and work or school. It really, I think, opens our eyes to it's not about, quote, weight gain, getting fat, losing weight, etc. It's about how does your body function and what does it need to get throughout the day? Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about a client of mine that's been going to get her master's and she said, I don't know why I'm so fatigued in the afternoon. I said, well, you have a full-time job and you're going and you're also in school to get a master's. That's a lot of energy. So maybe you're just tired. Well, I shouldn't be tired. I shouldn't be tired. I should be doing the laundry or cleaning the house or going on my walks or going to the gym. And I'm like, I think maybe you should just rest. <laughs> right, right. I know. And it's, it's amazing how our bodies can adapt to the different caloric functions. It only works for so long before something dramatic happens. But a lot of time, I'm sure you hear this, the clients will say, but I feel fine. You know, I'm able to get through the day, but I'm always talking about, it shouldn't be about just trying to make it to the end. Right. You know, you should be able to <laughs> happily, joyfully, energetically move throughout your day, not just, oh, I made it. And when you tell people, if you don't eat, you don't have any brain power, not even just body power. You can't think straight. No, you're not able to think. You're not able to focus humor. We all have those times where we get into a low mood or irritable. That's food. That's a great thing to remind them. So how else, what do you do with somebody, say, that's used to eating a lot, like a a binge eater? How do you get them? So like one side of the population, you have to convince them to eat. The other one, you have to convince them to cut down on the binging without shaming them or without making food wrong because it's not. That's always a hard one for a lot of people. Oh my goodness. Yeah. My heart goes out to those folks because it is such a challenge to talk about as well. And it's that cycle. It's such a painful experience for one. And then the last thing they want to do is look at food. And we both know that the answer is to embrace food and to be able to eat those types of foods and eat throughout the day. And oftentimes that will change before the binging even stops. So it's really a matter of trying to navigate that with them. But typically our binge eating clients aren't eating enough. When it's a shame if they do check in at a higher weight or present quote in a normal body, they're getting all these mixed messages from other professionals and non-professionals about needing to lose weight perhaps or needing to eat less. And it's the exact opposite of what they need to be doing. That is such a good point. And I love that you just brought that up because that is such a what to a lot of people. <laughs> like, you know, I just have to lose some of this weight. It's not good for me. It's bad for my knees. My doctor says I have to do blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, maybe you're not eating enough. Maybe it's oftentimes the case. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're not nourished. Maybe that. And right. it's and such a mind, you know what? That fantasy world of if I was only X pounds smaller, I would do this and I would do that and I would go here and I would do this. And as we both know, it never happens. But you can do all those things you want to be doing regardless of the size of your body. It's just a matter of how do you 
utilize the help of your professionals and the people around you to achieve those things that has nothing to do with what your body looks like or the size of your body. Yeah, there was a little meme going around, like how to get a beach body. <laughs> Take your body to the beach. Right. <laughs> Check, you're done. <laughs> there we go. It's true. It's true. And it, it's hard when you sit in a quote, normal weight body and you're trying to help someone else who maybe society doesn't view as being an, a quote, normal weight. And it's very hard. But at the end of the day, yeah, they're missing out on life, fun, joy, swimming, beach time, etc. because of the way they feel about themselves. And it's not going to happen once you get to X weight or do this or do that. It's not about that. Yeah, I had a, another client I'm thinking of who loved to swim, but felt that she was way too fat to swim. She couldn't put on a bathing suit. There wasn't going to be one big enough for her. That could never happen. That's just the way it was. And at some point, her daughter had a baby and she was in that pool. <laughs> as soon as that baby could swim, she was in the pool with that baby. And it was sort of like, right. you don't think your body's good enough? Have a baby. <laughs> Have a grandchild. Then the people around you, the people that really care about you, just want you to be in the pool with them. They, they just don't. want you to play with them. Yeah, exactly. Going back to how you convince somebody who is convinced that they need to eat less food to eat. And I don't like to say right or wrong because food is just food. It's all going to turn into glucose anyway. So we know that. But how do we convince them to get the nutrients that they need? I think going through the signs and symptoms of what they're experiencing can also be very powerful. Again, maybe they don't even realize like, oh, this isn't normal. I shouldn't feel this way. When you have that sluggish digestive system and trouble, you know, passing bowel movements and bloating and cramping, sometimes people just assume that, oh, I just have a bad stomach. But oftentimes your digestive system just doesn't work properly because you're not eating enough fuel. Again, even sleeping throughout the night, having those temperature changes, the brain fog. Sometimes people just kind of learn to accept that, okay, this is just how it is. And I help them to see that, you know, obviously there could be other variables, but proper nutrition, proper food intake can be really a game changer when it comes to feeling better. And then again, doing what you want to do in your life. So that can be a motivator too. It doesn't necessarily have anything to do with a weight or a scale, but here's what you're experiencing. And this is not how it has to be. So great. And I know that we know that hormonal changes in a woman's body and a men's body really too, but in a woman's body, it feels like they're all over the place. So what's it's normal? We don't know what's normal. There's been a study done a couple of years ago of how many women of a certain age were really having severe reactions to going into perimenopause and menopause. And what they really found out was that they weren't eating enough because they were afraid of gaining weight when they went into menopause. So they went on these really strict diets and hormones are made in the fat. And so really what was happening is their bodies were starving for food that they could make hormones out of. <laughs> oh, for sure. For you know? sure. We hear that all the time, right? Especially in the young person, lack of menstruation 
oh, you know, I'm very stressed or, oh, my mom never got her period on time or it comes and goes and that's not how it's supposed to be. And how many times are they going to the doctor and getting started on different hormones when all they really need to be doing is, is eating enough food? Wow, so true. And on that same line, it's sort of like, I remember at a conference listening to a woman who was a doctor and she was talking about what's normal, what's not normal for like teenage girls, young teenage girls. And I remember her saying so many times, it is not normal for a teenage girl to not have a period, that something is wrong and we have to address that. And she just went down the list of this is not normal, this is not normal, this is not normal, of things that we just accepted were normal because we live in a diet society, really. And you're 100% right about those fats. It's such a poorly named food group because people are so nervous about them oftentimes, unfortunately, but they are everything when it comes to hormones and vitamin absorption, you know, at those meals. And so again, it goes back to the education. It's not just about eat fat. It's about what are these omegas doing in your body? Why are they so crucial throughout the day? What kind of difference that can make for your, for one's life? You know, I'm quite a bit older than you and the things that I have been taught in my life about food and weight and looks is really insane (laughs) if I think about a lot of the stuff. And I've had to uneducate myself and then re-educate myself. (laughs) You know, I had to go, okay, that's a lie. Let me get what the fact is about this. And I think that continues to this day, even though I'm a lot older than most of my clients, it is still there, if not even worse. For sure. Yeah. I see people of all ages too, who come in with these strongly held beliefs of food fears or food rules. And it's really just trying to break those down. Like, where did you hear that? Where did that come from? And and why is it so important to you? Because I don't want to just tell them to do the opposite of something that they valued for so long without really breaking down where it started. Where did you first hear this? And oftentimes it's a familial situation or something that happened in one's life or a friend of a friend did this. And I just don't do that now. And it's like really having to get to the truth of what's going on. It's so true. And these food rules that we've had, drink however many glasses of water a day so you don't get hungry or fill up on iced tea first or something like that. And I can remember eating a bowl of watermelon somewhere and it was really a very hot day. And that's really what I wanted for lunch. And the person I was with who knows better than to say something like this to me, but said, you know how much sugar is in watermelon? And I just looked at her and went, no, I don't. And I don't care. It's not heartbreaking too. I I feel so, so bad for my clients. I tell them all these great things in sessions and we learn about things and then they go out right outside the door and someone will say something to them about something. And it's no one's fault. It's just the world we live in. But we're sending recovered people into a world full of diet culture, diet rules. It's like sending someone who's trying to recover from alcohol addiction into a bar. It's really a tough situation. So true. but. As a recovering alcoholic for over 40 years, I know I never had to learn how to drink three times a day, but I did have to. I had to learn how to eat. I had to learn how to have a relationship, a loving, kind, accepting relationship with my body and with food. I had to do it. I couldn't not do that. 
But I never had to do that with alcohol or cigarettes or drugs or anything like that. I could just say, okay, that's enough of that. But I couldn't do that with food or I would die. Yeah, it's such a tricky thing to navigate. And I always say to clients, I wish I could just give you this piece of paper that tells you exactly what to do. But (laughs) it's so unique to everyone. And even for the individual, every day, every meal, every situation is different too. So try starting out with that. It's not so black and white. I used to say that as a baby, we come to earth and there's a little tag with us saying, this is Lori Lee. She likes to eat this and this. It will be best if she has this kind of exercise in her 90s. It would be, you know, <laughs> like a little, would be nice. little cheat sheet. That yeah. This is who this person is. And maybe we'll get there with the amount of, I don't know, the science that is going along with us now. Maybe there will be a time where this is your optimum quote-unquote diet to eat and exercise to do and water to drink and sleep because I know I need this kind of sleep but my husband needs another kind of sleep people are different and it's just the way it is we can't all be cookie cutters no and again it goes back to that body wisdom what you're doing isn't going to work for your neighbor your grandparent your child etc it's all about what your needs are and you bring up exercise too and it just that's a whole nother aspect of our work. Oh, as with, yes. It's painful to watch clients struggle, beat themselves up, beat their bodies up over these gym routines and fitness inspiration things they get on Instagram on trying to change their bodies. And that's a whole nother level of disordered behavior that's really challenging. I know in my eating disorder days, I did severe damage to my body because of gyms, G-Y-M-S, <laughs> not J-I-M's. <laughs> I just feel like there was so much bad information that people who were not trained or not, maybe they took a week in class on how to teach a a fast-paced, what do they used to call that? Some kind of class where we all jump around, whether you had good knees or bad knees. And if your knees hurt, then just do it more. Yeah, it's not about stopping. And even the, you know, a very well-certified, trained instructor doesn't know what your body's feeling. And it's it's hard to go against that and take a break and tell yourself you need to stop. Sometimes you just, quote, push through the pain, which is... Not okay. I mean, feel the burn was an actual thing they used to say all the time. So it's been so great to talk to you. And I wonder how people can get a hold of you if they want to work with you individually. Sure. Our website is beginwithincenternj.com. So Begin Within Center is the name of our practice and it's located in New Jersey. So Begin Within Center NJ. And that's the same for Facebook, Instagram. You can learn more about the practice and find out about myself and other individuals that I work with if anyone is interested or has any questions or wants us to come talk to your schools. That's something we're very passionate about. Oh, that's so great. That's so great. Can you read the back of the card? Today, I will practice trusting in the wisdom of my body. I will listen to my body when I am hungry and full, listen for what my body wants and needs, and trust the intuitive voice of my body. Perfect. Thank you so much. And I'm so grateful that you're on the show today. I really appreciate it. Was there any little thing you want to say in the next couple of minutes just to send us off with a good shot in the arm about this kind of stuff? (laughs) Wow. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me. And thank you again for all the work that you're doing with your youth. I, I love your body positivity cards and I'm excited to share them with my clients. But I will say if 
clients can just people all over just keep working on what's valuable to you you know are your decisions in accordance with what you value most in your life or are they going against it and that comes to food and exercise and taking care of yourself and hopefully that'll be a, a good way to navigate this body wisdom what a great way to sign off that is really it's so much more than what we think it is it's body mind and spirit beautiful thank you Sure. Anytime. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you. See you later. Thank you for listening. You can find me on all the social medias at It's Not About Food. And if you would like to get the show a week early and ad free, you can become a member at Patreon. Search It's Not About Food podcast. Thanks so much.